I'd come to this church just to hear the music, to be honest with you. Excellent, excellent. Every time. It's so good to be back here. It's good to have my wife, Pam, and Victoria here. And uh, I wonder if we have any visitors here. I, wanna, I invited about six people to church this weekend. Any, any visitors at all? Okay, none yet. Well, boy, I'm hoping they'll come tonight. I really had a good conversation with several of them, so I'm hoping that maybe they'll come. And, and they knew about Canaan. They knew the testimony of Canaan Baptist Church. They knew where you're at. And a couple of them had been there before, and so I'm excited to see maybe they'll come back again. Well, are you ready to hear from the Lord this morning? I am. It's, a, it's 11, 11. What time should I be going to, Brother Bill? I didn't ask you that. 12? Well, we can do that easy. Praise the Lord. Turn to Romans chapter 6, if you would. Uh, tonight, I, I'm really excited about tonight's message. I, I, I'm just excited in the sense that um, I wish I could preach it right after this message. I mean, like it... Soon as we get done with this message at 12, I'd like to just to roll right into the second message, but we can't do that. But I'm very excited about having these two messages back to back. Um, and I'm very excited just to get an opportunity to tell you a little bit of what the Lord is doing at, at Heartland Baptist Bible College. He's blessing, and it's because of people like you and churches like this that that is happening. But let's look at Romans chapter 6, and I want to just draw our attention to just about 18 verses there. And um, we'll read, if you don't mind standing for the reading of the word, and then we'll have a time of prayer, and then um, you can be seated. I'm so thankful again, as Pastor has said, for the opportunity to be here again. It, it has been right from the beginning, and it, and it was uh, at the beginning of the, the time that the Ingrams were here that the Lord just pressed upon his heart, and it, it was where I just felt the Spirit of the Lord saying, He's making a request for me to come down and to, to preach and to meet you all. And that was a changing of the schedule because it was short notice. And uh, it has, we've never regretted coming here, not one time. Um, you folks have made us feel welcomed. And if you make guests feel as welcomed as you make us feel, um, you're doing great. And over the years, the friendships, it's just, it's been a wonderful experience. This year, um, when Brother Billy asked me to come down and to preach, um, it fell right at the tail end of our vacation. I talked to Pam and Victoria about that, and they said, well, when we go to Canaan, it's like a vacation anyways. And so we worked our vacation, tagged it right onto this. And so that's what you mean to us. And um, please keep that up, because I'm sure I'm not the only preacher that has that sense and that feeling. But it sure gives a guest preacher liberty in the pulpit because you're so friendly. And I think you're people of prayer. I don't think you'd expect God to work without praying and asking God to do it. In the quietness of your own heart, just right now, just privately, would you just say to the Lord, would, would, you, would you even dare to say to God, God, I don't know what you're going to say to me today, but whatever it is, whatever you deal with today, I'm going to be okay with it. I'm going to sign up with it. I'm, I'm going to respond to it. Because if God's speaking to you, you have a wonderful opportunity then to respond back to him. So with that in mind, let's just in our own private privacy of your own heart, just take a moment and, and just bow there right where you're at. Just bow your head and just say, Lord, whatever it is you talk to me about today, I'm signing up for it even before you hear it. Dear God, it is, it is easy to say that we'll sign up for whatever it is 
that will be obedient, that will be responsive, that will be yielded. It is easy to say it. But Lord, by the end of the service, when it comes time for us to really respond to what you've said, to what you've dealt with, Lord, that's when it's going to be hard. Lord, I pray that right now you'll start to soften our hearts into yieldedness, into a responsive state, so that when we walk out of this building this morning, when we walk out of your house today, may you find all of us in that time of exam during the invitation that we are 100% yielded to you. We ask it in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's look at Romans chapter 6 very, very quickly as we just look at a few verses and then you can be seated. Look at Romans chapter 6 and it says in verse 1, What shall we say then? There's a question. Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Note that we are dead to sin. Know ye not that so many of us were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death. Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For... If we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin, for that he, that for he that is dead is freed from sin. Now if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ also, being raised from the dead, dieth no more. Death hath no more dominion over him. For in that he died, he died unto sin once, but in all that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Likewise, reckon, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that ye should obey it in the lusts thereof. Neither yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. For sin shall not have dominion over you. For ye are not under the law, but under, what's that next word? Grace. Praise the Lord. Verse 15. What then? Shall we sin? Because we are not under the law, but under grace. God forbid. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death 
or of obedience unto righteousness. But God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you, being then made free from sin. Ye became the servants of righteousness. Heavenly Father, bless this time. Do what only you can do. And may you get the praise for it in the name of Jesus Christ. Go ahead and be seated. Thank you for standing. I want to read you a true story first. It's about a bear attack. And this morning I want to talk to you about how to survive a bear attack. This gentleman says, the first thing that I saw was a big furry thing. It was running straight at me. I remember the fangs and the claws, and I, 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 I could even see his cubs or her cubs. I instinctively stepped out in front of Jenna, that's his daughter. My response was just to stand my ground and not move. The bear immediately went for my left thigh. It bit it, and it bit it right in. I looked down at what was happening, and it was just surreal. I, I first thought that, that it was a big badger, and then I thought, no, it's a, it's a bear. Some weird thoughts started running through my mind, like the bear was, was not as big as I thought that it would have been. Then it bit me again in the leg. After the bear bit me, I, I didn't even fight back. I, I, I couldn't. There wasn't half a second in between it. It was just an impact. Plus, I got thrown to my feet, and I, and I knew the smartest tactic was to, was to get into that fetal position and, and play dead, but there was no time for me to get into that position and play dead. And, and then I thought, mm, my, my organs, my vital organs are totally exposed. And the bear was throwing me around. It looked, I ended up looking down the trail for a moment. I decided that the best thing I could do was to, was to get myself down that trail and off that slope. And that's what I did. I, I ripped my body free from its jaws and then rolled down that steep embankment over the rocks and over the bushes. And I tumbled over 30 feet down. And I, I came to, to a stop and I, I took a breath. Then, I, then with realization, okay, I said, I'm here, but... There's no bear here. And then I thought, where's Jenna? Where are they? And so I yelled, Jenna, come down here. It's, it's safe. And she never heard me, but the bear heard me. The moment that I yelled for Jenna to come to safety, I saw the bear looking down then upon me, and he started running right at me again. It's unbelievable how fast a grizzly can run down a slope. I did go into the fetal position and, and the bear latched onto my back and my backpack. This gentleman had a backpack on him at this time. And the bear started lifting me up and down, weighing like I didn't weigh a pound. And he notes that he was six foot one over 190 pounds. When a grizzly attacks, it, it doesn't bite and then hold on. It, 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 it bites and it shakes back, forth and forth like a dog would, but it bites and then it, in, it intently tries to bite and pull the flesh away. That's exactly what the bear did. I decided to throw myself away again. So I looked further down and the slope was even steeper 
and I just ripped my body with my backpack and I just ripped it away from the bear and I fell down a slope steeper than the other another 30 feet. I landed face up. It, it, It wasn't ideal to be that way, but I didn't plan this. And the bear got right on top of me. I grabbed it by the throat. I was facing it, holding on to it. And it was one big block of muscle that I knew that I couldn't control it. This animal was incredibly strong. I curled back into that protective fetal mode, played as if I was dead. But this time the bear got more aggressive. It started gnawing and scratching at my head. It felt like it was a dog digging for a bone. The turning point was when I felt the tooth going right into the bottom of my skull at the nape of my neck. When it went in, I heard the cracking sound and I felt a tremendous amount of pressure on my head. Then it hit me. Yes, I'm keeping this thing with me, but I'm going to be dead soon. So I thought, I need to get out of this situation. I had decided to launch myself down again, down what would be a cliff now. 20 feet down, I leaped, and I stopped by a rock chute right on the edge of the cliff. My feet were planted on the rocks, and my back was to the mountain, and there were, no two, there were now two rock outcroppings above me and below me. There's a 700-foot drop below me, and the bear came down that cliff, and he looked at me, but this time I didn't move. I didn't make a sound. I think it believed that I was dead. I was sitting there in my soul prepared to kick it off the mountain or to jump down that seven-foot cliff if I had to. I was not really in a vulnerable position at this time. And I was banged up and tore up. But I thought my last hope was just to convince it If I could just play dead, maybe it would go away. It looked at me again, and I just played dead. And I looked at the cliff, and I turned around and walked away, and I never saw the bear again. This morning, I want to give you some tips on how to survive a bear attack because there's some bears out in them woods of life. First, and I invite you to take some notes on this. This is, this is going to be a message that if you just follow along with me and, and help me to go along, I, 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 I am going to painfully bring us through some steps, some tips on how to survive the bear attacks of sin in our lives. And if you'll take some notes and if you'll follow along, I think we can, be, we can look into Scripture this morning, right into Romans chapter 6, and realize that God says much about this. 
First, we must reckon ourselves. Reckon ourselves. Reckon means this, to consider it. It means this, you have to deal with it. First, we must reckon ourselves. You see, it's this. We must deal with this thought. Here's the thought. We must reckon with this. We must deal with it. It is dangerous for us just to play dead in our Christian life regarding sin. We must know that the scripture says we're not to play dead, but that we are dead in Christ. We must reckon that thought. We must consider it to be so that we are not to play dead in real Christian life. We are to recognize, reckon with, consider to be so that we are dead in Christ to sin. We cannot show any sign of life to our flesh or to the attacks of sin. We can't play dead for a while. Well, I'll be able to do okay this Saturday night. I'll just play dead. You can't play dead because eventually, if that bear keeps attacking you, and he will, he, you, eventually you will wince, you will flinch, and then you will start to grow weary, and you cannot handle it. There, there, there's, oh, you think that there's maybe a shelter. That bear will keep coming at you and find out wherever you're hunting, hiding, Eventually, the bear will win. We are supposed to be dead. We aren't supposed to even respond to sin. When that bear sees any little response, he was back on that guy. If that guy just moved, if that guy just flinched, if that guy just even cowered a little bit, that bear knew he was still alive, meaning that bear would still want to kill him, would still be attacking him. But when that bear saw or thought that he was dead, that bear then came off of him. And we are to play dead. We are to be, as Scripture says, we are to be dead to sin in Christ. That's how the devil is with sin. Just like that bear. Any response to our old sin nature, and he's all over us, and he's relentless. It's too much for us to do this on our own. We must reckon with this thought. We don't play dead to sin. We're dead in sin. To Christ, we're dead to it. We try to resist it by willpower, or maybe we'll say, I'm self-disciplined enough. I mean, I've been a self-disciplined man all these years. You're going to lose because it's hard not to react to temptation. Temptation will take a swipe at you over and over again. You might even say, this is hopeless. I always seem to be tempted and I always seem to fall at this place, at this sin juncture, because you're doing it on your own. We cannot survive this type of bear attack on our own, but it's not hopeless. Because if we do what Paul admonishes us to do in Romans chapter six, there is hope in Jesus Christ. So not only do we have to reckon or to deal with it or to consider the thought that we are dead to sin, we must then relinquish. Number two, we must relinquish ourselves to sin. We must reckon ourselves. We must also relinquish ourselves. In verses 12 through 18, we see this thought. Once we have reckoned ourselves to be dead indeed, we then need to take the next step in Romans chapter 6 and we says it this way. We need to keep ourselves dead to sin and reckon to be so. And there's one word that comes up in verses 13 and 16 and I want to draw your attention to it, to verse 13. Neither yield 
ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God in verse 16 as well. We see this word that is very, very powerful when it comes to relinquishing ourselves. It's the word yield. Yield means to relinquish, to renounce, to surrender, or to let go, or to release to something. We must relinquish it. We must yield ourselves. All of chapter 6 in Romans tells us of this important doctrine of the Christian walk, our union with Christ. Christ has made a way to battle the indwelling sin in our lives. How does he do that? We must relinquish. We must yield. What do we relinquish or yield? We relinquish or yield our will and our wants to be under his control. If we yield what we want and our own desires to him, we'll find ourselves being able to survive a bear attack. Because in verse 14 tells us that not only that we are under to yield ourselves to him, but we are under grace. We are not under the bondage of sin any longer, but we're under grace. We cannot fight this battle on our own. Satan continues to strike in the same place. You might even find yourself healing at it, and there's a scar there, but you find that Satan hits you in the same place every time. And it's because you're exposing yourself. You're not under grace. You've stepped out of that control. You're not yielded to God at this moment, and you'll find yourself always flinching, and Satan will attack you at the same place every time. And you feel hopeless. But you're not. If you'll yield to God in your life and yield your wants and your desires to him, on our own, we will respond to that bear attack. But we're not our own. Christ is with us. And we are in Jesus. He's over us. He covers us. We are in him. Not only should we reckon ourselves and relinquish, but we must be able to ready ourselves. Number three, ready ourselves. Ready ourselves. Once we reckon it to be so, that we are dead with Christ and willing to yield ourselves unto him, then we must put these truths into practice in our lives by readying ourselves. Readying ourselves, I mean this. We are to prepare ourselves to do battle. We, are prepared, we should prepare ourselves to battle the bears in our lives. Please don't approach, just say, the next six months of your life in these woods unprepared. We will never overcome sin in our lives if we continue to feed the flesh. Let's consider four things, just four things that we can do to ready ourselves. So write these down. These are four things that we can do to ready ourselves for the next bear attack. I'm not, gonna, I'm not even going to get near bears. <laughs> There's a bear attack coming in your life. There's a bear attack coming in your life. So let's look at four things that we need to do to 
ready ourselves. Number one, you need to look for bear sign. Man, if I go out in the woods and I have in the state of Maine before to do some bear hunting, the first thing we did was look for signs of bear. You'll find bear scat. You'll find bear scrapings on the, on the trees where a bear has sharpened his claws. If it's up really high, it's a mountain lion that's sharpened its claws and scraped the bark right off of a tree. And there's, there's bear there. You know what you'll find? Carcasses. <laughs> Bones of animals that the bear have killed and feasted off of. We need to look for signs. Scripturally, Romans 7, 18. Just write that down. I'll read it to you. For I know. Now we're talking about ready. We're talking about looking for bear signs. For I know. This is Paul now. For I know that in me, that is my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. You see, Paul knew that he had the propensity to yield to the flesh. And he knew to look for it. And we must do the same. You don't go out where the bears are at and not realize that you need to find where the sin is. And it's in us. If we're able, if we're alive to sin in our lives, if we have sin cooking, if we have sin in our lives, then there's going to be sign there's going to be a sign. We have to be aware of where that sign is, and we must look for it. It could be this. It could be the sin of pride. It could be the sin of unforgiveness. It could be the sin of lust. It could be the sin of apathy. The sin of discontentment. The sin that causes a quick or harsh look at authority. The sin that causes you to be impatient with others. The, thin, the sin that creates thoughts of worry that rule your life because you worry. Whatever the sin is, there's going to be signs in the woods of where it is. We need to find, number one, where the sin is in our lives. We need to look for signs. Number two, we need to identify where the bears are located in your area. Romans chapter 7, verses 19 through 21 says this, for the, God, excuse me, for the good that I would do not, but the evil which I would not, that I do. Now, if I do that, I would not. It is no more that I do it, but the sin that dwelleth in me. I find then a law that when I do good, Evil is present with me. Wow. Paul recognized this, that he was on this slope and he identified the sin problem and it's in him. We know that we have the struggle within us and it could be, you just start to think of your own here, but it could be anger, it could be jealousy, it could be selfishness. There's a whole list of bears like anger, jealousy that we look at. There's a list in our lives, and, and we need to be ably, able to properly identify them. We've got to be honest and see the bear for what it is. A bear is not a cute, cuddly animal. It's a wild and dangerous, powerful, wild animal. If you're having trouble identifying where the sin is in your life, you ought to look at Galatians chapter 5. You ought to look at Ephesians chapter 4. And Colossians chapter 3. Galatians 5, Ephesians 4, 
Colossians 3 gives us a whole catalog of the works of the flesh that will help identify the bears in our lives. Next, we should keep in touch with our guide. We should keep in touch with our guide. For the sake of time, I'll just refer us to Romans chapter 7, verse 22, that we are told that we should keep close to our guide, the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul recognized that the only way for him to overcome his flesh was to walk after the Spirit. Do you know what that means? It means to stay close to the guide. To stay close to the guide. Stay close is like, I'm, I'm close to the pulpit right now. That's staying close. But Scripture also gives us another picture in, a, in John chapter 15. It, it uses all throughout John chapter 15 this idea of abide with Jesus. Seven times it's referred to. Yusef, stand up here real quick. This, this, this is close. This is close. I'm close to Yusef right now. But in John chapter 15, there's this, there's this idea of abiding. This is, this is still close. This isn't abiding. You want to see abiding? This is abiding. I mean, this is close. Isn't this weird, Yusef? Yes, this sir. is weird. <laughs> That's abide. And when you abide like that, where Jesus goes, you go with him. And where you go, Jesus goes. When you abide. This morning, it's not in my message, but maybe this morning some of you just have been kind of close. But you haven't really abide. You haven't been abiding in Jesus and then you, ne- then you should not wonder, why am I battling with this Christian walk? Why am, I, why am I having struggles with sin? It could be that you're not abiding with him. Pay attention to your guide. I've always said this, and I've heard it said many, many times, a lone ranger will often be a dead ranger. I've been hunting with people that are well-known and They've served as guides to me, and I have to be honest, every time I've listened to their tips and their points and their guidance along the way, we've seen wildlife. Often, if I listen closely, we've been successful and harvested many wildlife animals. Listen to your guide. You got to pay attention. You have to listen to learn. Don't just listen, but listen to learn. Learn to listen. If you have trouble right now listening, you should start to learn to be a good listener to the Spirit of God. Learn to listen. Romans 8, 5 tells us that. Our guide has many helpful instructions. Let me try to conclude this very quickly. Again, Romans chapter 6, verse 11 says, Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive at the same time unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. In order to be successfully, in order to successfully battle bear attacks in our lives, we must first reckon ourselves dead to sin, relinquish our, our will and our lives to the shepherd, and ready ourselves to battle bears by looking for sign identifying where the bears are and staying in touch with our guide, listening to his instructions and heeding his warning. Yep. Gonna ask my wife to
come up here at this time to help me on this illustration. You might say, well, come on over here, hon. You might say, well, how come you didn't have another lady in the church to help you? Uh, I don't have the guts to ask any other lady up here to help me with this. I'm going to ask Pam in just a moment. If you don't mind, just let's see. We'll have you out on this edge here a little bit and then face me like this. A little bit more, please. No, I know. I'll do it. I'm going to ask Pam to, to bow down in a moment in front of me. This is pretty cool. To bow down before me. I'm going to ask her to, to bow down and yield to get really low before me. You see why I wouldn't ask any other female in this auditorium to do this? Now don't get lost in this. This isn't about me as a husband getting my wife to yield to me. But watch this. Pam, would you, would you bow down? You're going to have to get down even lower. In this picture, she's yielded herself completely to me. She's gotten really low. This wasn't easy. I'm going to cover her. Because she's got some bear attacks ahead of her. I'm going to represent grace. I'm going to cover her completely. Completely, if when the bear attacks... She's protected. She's yielded herself under grace. She's saved, but she had to yield, surrender everything so she could be covered. She had to give up all of her wants and wishes and surrender, relinquish. She reckoned herself to be dead. She stopped moving, but she's protected by the grace of God in our life. Go ahead and stand up. Thanks, hon. If she chose not to surrender to me, to yield herself, yield herself to God, to the Lord, she's exposed. When that bear attacked He's going to get to the vital organs. He's going to chew her up. It's a wild place out there. If you as a Christian don't yield your wants, your ways, and your own desires to the Spirit of God, you're out there all on your own. I say, well, I'll just get me a backpack. Yeah. This guy was very fortunate. <laughs> this wasn't planned. This was a fortunate happening that this man's backpack took much of the brunt of that bear. Could have even saved his life. We don't know. But you know what? These backpacks just come off too. Can be ripped off real easy. If you've ever trusted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior... The grace of God can never be ripped away from you. But you can step out from under it. And if you're battling sin here this morning, if you're ashamed of what you've been thinking, if you're ashamed about what you've been doing even just as late as last night, maybe you've stepped out from being a yielded believer 
and you now start to do things on your own. You think you can take the attack. You think you can overcome it this time. You think because I've been saved this long, or because maybe even I sang in the choir this morning, you think I can go ahead and handle this on my own. Well, sir, can I be real honest with you without getting you too mad at me, but hey, I live in Oklahoma, so you really ain't going to bother me. <laughs> How are you doing it on your own? How's it going on your own? This morning, if you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, I didn't say if you're not a member of Canaan Baptist Church because this actually right now has nothing to do with membership at all. But if you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, then you don't even have that grace covering. You're, you're out there all on your own. You can try all you want. And I stand here before you testifying, I tried it. For 20 years, I tried to quit everything that you can imagine a 20-year-old boy living just outside of Daytona Beach could do. A 20-year-old young man. Imagine what a 20-year-old young man outside of Daytona Beach can get himself into. Imagine it. Imagine all of it. And I tried to quit all that. I tried to get myself ready to, to, to be a Christian. You know, you don't ready yourself to be a Christian. You just trust Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. And you know what happened to all that stuff that I was in? It started to fall off because the Spirit of God started just really just starting to even change my heart. Stuff that I used to love to do, stuff that I loved to put in my nose, stuff that I used to love to smoke, stuff that I used to love to drink, I didn't love it anymore. It changed me. I broke free. But I still battle. Oh, yeah. Maybe not for the, for the addiction to cocaine or the addiction to alcohol, but the sin of pride. The sin of unforgetfulness, the sin of discontentment, the sin of worry, all those sins that really probably everyone in here deals with. Now, what do we have to do? We have to continually find ourselves, reckon, relinquish, and yield ourselves, and watch out for the bear sign, and listen to your guide. If you're here this morning at the men's prayer meeting and you heard this thought, I, I, hope, I hope this is at least one thought that you heard, incline. God inclines his ear unto us. Now I'm going to be, preacher, if I take too much liberty, I'll forever apologize to you this. But I'm going to try to look every man in here in the eye right now. I'm looking at the men in the back. I'm trying to look at every man in the eye right now. Every man in the eye. I'm not doing that confrontationally at all. But I will tell you, tonight, I'll pillow my head up in that mission's apartment with a clear conscience, with this challenge. I believe God is asking me to ask you this. Would you please this morning start to recognize that if you're going to hear from God, you have to incline your ear and listen to him. And if he's been speaking to you this morning, you ought to, during the invitation time, incline your ear. Can I be very, very front confrontational? You better start listening up. Because not only are there bear attacks upon your life, but in your cubs and your grand cubs and others that you influence. 
there's a tax coming in their life. Yep. You mama bears, you've heard that term mama bears. I mean, that, that means this, that mama protects her, her youngins. I had a mama bear. Man, was she a mama bear. Honestly, if she was a male, she would have been the United She would have been the president of the United States. She would have told some of these guys to take a hike. But she wasn't that, but she was a mama bear, meaning this. When she saw danger near me, she did anything to protect me. She would pray. And I heard these prayers. She would pray people out of my life. She would call them out by name. She would say, God, remove her from Jeff's life. She's not good for Jeff. I hear these prayers. You know what mom was doing? Mama bear was trying to protect her little cub. You know. Hey, mama, it's not just protecting your, your little cub at, at times that maybe football practice or that he falls and scratches his knees, but it's time to protect your little cub in prayer and cover him or her in prayer. Your little cub, his backpack that he has on right now that you got ready for him to go to school this upcoming semester isn't going to do him any good if he isn't covered by the grace of Jesus Christ. If you've got an unsaved cub, I would say this, you ought to be covering that one in prayer that that one gets saved before it's too late. And if you have one maybe that is covered but they've stepped out we might use the term they're away from the Lord. We might also say they're backslidden. I just got to ask you, Mama. Are you listening? Are you praying for him or her? Not every once in a while, but a lot. Yeah. Have you ever brought your yellow, little cub's name to God during invitation time? Have you ever brought that little cub's name to God and begged God, God, do whatever it takes to get them out of the world and get saved. God, do whatever it takes to get them back into church. Have you ever begged God for that? Man, I have. When I got saved, I still struggled with stuff. And my mother would tell me her prayer requests. She didn't hold back. She would say, Jeff, I'm praying God do, does whatever it takes to get your attention and, and to get you back. And she would say this, even if that means nearly killing you. That's what my mother said. And I was like, hey, don't wish that on me. She said, I'm actually not wishing it on you. But she knew I was playing. Yep. I was trying to play dead, but I wasn't dead to sin. I needed to make that choice to surrender. It wasn't easy for that lady, my wife, to surrender and to bow down that low. But when she did, in the illustration, she was protected. All her vitals were protected. She survived the next prayer, the next attack of the bear. Now listen, I'm just going to close the, the preaching time down. That means we open the invitation time down. And I, I, I don't know, but I'm imagining if there's some in here that are, that are covered by grace and they, they are tired and worn out of trying to do it on their own. 
doing the same thing, having the same problems over and over again. There's not another counseling session. There's not another pill. You need to surrender it to God. But then this time, listen to the guide and stay surrendered. Yep. Try it. Well, you say, this is different. This is different than the way I usually do it. Well, if you want to have a different result, then do something different. If you want to have the same result, keep on doing it the way you're doing it. But if you want to have something different than this time, you might say, well, what if I've tried this before, Brother Autry? I've tried this before. I've surrendered over and over and over and over again in my life. I surrender. I try to surrender every day to the Lord. I have found this over the last two years of my preaching. I have found this, that God has not given me any direction to soft pedal during the invitation time. I don't think we have a lot of time here before he returns. I don't think we have a lot of time to really get things straight. And I don't think we should just idly sit back and let Satan get more of our people. And it's going to take prayer. It's going to take a yieldedness. If you're here tonight, today and you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, I know much of my message has been for those that are saved, but maybe you're here tonight, today, just like I was. I was in church for 20 years. I sat in a pew every Sunday and Sunday night. Do you know what I learned how to do in 20 years? I learned how to do church. And do you know what I learned how to do? I learned how to get everybody to believe I was saved. They didn't know what I was doing Saturday night. They couldn't smell it on me because I took a good shower Sunday morning and late Saturday night. But when I came into church, everybody thought, Jeff's saved. I wasn't saved. If they only knew. And so maybe you're here this morning and you've never trusted Christ. And everybody in here thinks you're saved. I would say to you this, stop it. You're on an insane trail straight to hell. Attending church is not going to get you to heaven. Attending church and getting you to heaven is not found in the Bible. Attending church and doing some ritual, saying some fancy prayer, or doing some type of motions is not going to get you to heaven. It's not in the Bible. It's a lie from the pit of hell. And if you think that you can come to church long enough or to try to be good enough, enough that you can get you to heaven, then you're telling Jesus Christ, then what you did on the cross, Jesus, wasn't enough, so I have to add something to it. You can't add anything that Jesus has done. That's insane. But this morning, we're going to have an invitation, an altar call. I believe many born-again believers will respond. I believe the Lord's been speaking. And you said, many of you, in the privacy of your own heart, whatever God deals with, you'll sign up for it. If you're here this morning, maybe you're a little bit timid, and you say, I couldn't walk forward would you do this? Would you, when I go to the pulpit and I pray, would you raise your hand up just quietly? And we'll actually have someone come back to where you are and they'll pray with you. Yep. But there maybe is enough Christians that could be coming forward that even an unsaved person will not feel uncomfortable coming in and praying. Would you stand with your heads bowed, your eyes closed?